Blog Talk Radio. MinistryLacrosse.com Wake up in the morning feeling like Johnny Vegas. Hero program of lacrosse. Take him out the door. I'm gonna hit the lax of the Before I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Gatorade. Cause when I leave for the game, I'm coming back with a W. I'm talking freshies on my How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Total Lacrosse with Johnny Vegas. And I have a great show for you today here on the Entertainment Broadcast Network. My guest is Larry Mackey, and right now, let's pick up our guest right now. How you doing, Larry? Hey, what's going on? I'm all right, brother. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great as well. Now, uh, why don't you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself, and then and then we'll dive into uh, it, into uh, your whole uh, life into more detail. Oh, wow. All right, bro. Well, you know, as far as me, it's all across, man. I'm from Huntington, Long Island. You know, and luckily for me, uh, somebody put a lacrosse stick in my hand, bro, because, you know, this conversation might not be happening, you know. And yeah. Uh, yeah, from there, man, it's just, been, it's just been a situation where I've been able to give back, man. And even though I'm not a rich millionaire or whatever, I still get to reach out and touch kids with the game that basically saved my life, brother. Yeah, that's, that's very, you know, good to hear. I mean, you can't put it in, in a much better way than that. I mean... That really uh, definitely hits home with with a lot of people. Uh, okay. Now, why don't you? Yeah. So now, how old were you when you uh, first started playing lacrosse? Yeah, I was about. I say I was about ten when I got my first stick. I was always scared to play because you know in my neighborhood you, you ain't play lacrosse. You know what I'm saying? You, unless you wanted to fight every day, which that eventually ended up happening. But uh, yeah. I didn't start playing organized till I think ninth grade. Okay. And, and, and you know, uh, played in nineteen. Oh, go ahead. My bad. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, and, and what was the, the biggest factor that drew you to the sport? Like, what was the most enticing part of the, the game of lacrosse? Yo, lacrosse is French for the stick. That is what drew me in, man. Not that and the fact that, I, you know, I grew up in martial arts. So my father was like, you know, this you have to have a zen-like attitude like you have to it's like a samurai learning how to use his katana you know i mean if you really want to be good at this and of course i laugh but now it all makes sense you know so it was that stick man this is mine yeah you know i can practice all the time even walking around my house you got you really become one with it man and that that's that's something i really try to push the kids also yeah and now uh so tell me a little bit about the uh, the projects you've been involved in, and I know you, you've done uh, some work in Uganda, and uh, you know, tell me a little bit about the stuff you've been doing with the youth. Well, the Uganda thing, uh, that came about thanks to Fields of Growth, man. I mean, I reached out to them, and, man, within, I don't know, two months, I was over in Uganda. Unbelievable. You know, I come from a predominantly black family, and that's one of the things on my bucket list was to get over to Africa. You know, and to be over there and be able to follow my passion, it was incredible, bro. Uh, here in Washington State, though, I'm, I'm always working with youth, and I was able to start lacrosse in a few of the middle schools here, at least a small program. And then I just grew into, into working with kids and coaching varsity and, you know, all the give-back type of things you're supposed to do, you know. 
I uh, what yeah. you call it, man? I started I started a Tacoma Lacrosse Academy, which basically all I would do is I would come out with a bunch of sticks and start working with kids and get them interested, especially in the I don't know how to politically correctly say, uh, especially in the in the uh, low income areas where the kids are underserved. So I, I got a chance to get in there, man. It was nice. It's real nice. And I'm just keeping it going, brother. Yeah. And what do you think is the uh, most uh, positive, uh, like, uh, thing that you've seen in terms of uh, when you teach the, the game of lacrosse to, to the youth? Like, what is uh, the most rewarding part of that for you? Just seeing the light come on. You know, for kids, they are pre. We were, we, you were a kid. I was a kid. We're pre-programmed to not listen to adults. You're old. You don't know what you're talking about. Tell them, and finally they listen, and it works. And that light pops on, man. It's awesome. You know. But I had a situation, yeah. man. If I got a second to tell you about it, I yeah, happened to be. Out, I happened to be out on the field. And uh, two young men were approaching me. I was working with a bunch of other kids. I had some extra sticks. And as I'm looking, you know, at the two kids, you know, I'm a New Yorker, so my radar goes off. These two kids is gangbangers. So they come up to me, and the one kid says to me, cuz, you're going to teach me how to do that? And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm not going to do this. The partner is usually the one with the gun, so I'm kind of nervous. So I'm like, you yeah. know, hey, it's Mackie, it's Mackie. Mr. Mackey or Coach L. So the kid looks at me, and he goes, Coach L. I was like, yes, because you're going to teach me how to use that stick? <laughs> so <laughs> I laughed it off, you know. I laughed it off, and I teach the kid how to, how to use the stick, and he's running around. He's lefty. And I'm telling him, you know, lefties are the greatest scorers in our game and yada, yada, and he's eating it up, brother. And so he's out in the field running down and shooting, hit a couple of corners, man. I was like, whoa. Gave me my stick back, said thank you, and I never saw the kid again. You know, and that kind of hurt my heart, knowing what he was involved in and where he could have ended up. You know, yeah. so it was like, man, I got I got to reach more kids, man. This has to get yeah, bigger. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, and, and yeah. for me, man, even though it was kind of, that was kind of, it could be kind of tragic because I still haven't seen dude yet. I also know he was exposed to something awesome. And maybe somebody yeah. else would catch him because I couldn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, I just want to dive into uh, your life story a little bit, too. I mean, you've had, wow. you know, quite the, the hard life. I mean, if you want to go into a little bit more detail about, you know, going growing up as a kid and then going through high school and tell, uh, talk to you listeners about some of the stuff you went through. Man. I no, you're pulling it out of me, Johnny. You're pulling it out of me here. <laughs> um, you know, growing up, uh, like I said, my father had me into martial arts, man. And I came up, I'm part of the black power generation, you know. So I had a lot of anger in my heart, which luckily has been replaced by a lot of love and helping children. But I had a lot of anger in my heart, man. So the stuff my father would teach me, he's a third-degree black belt, I was going to school and using. So they were kicking me out of school districts and stuff like that. And when you're a kid, man, you can't articulate your pain, you know. All you know is your emotion, and you go with your emotion. So I did that a lot, man. It used to keep me in a lot of trouble. And in that, man, you know, 
again, seventh grade, coach puts a lacrosse stick in my hand. I, I like it, but then when it really starts to count in high school, lacrosse is the thing that kind of was the glue to keep me focused on my grades, you know, because, you know, thanks to, thanks to keeping my grades up, I was able to graduate from high school, you know, and then I went from high school right into, US, right into the U.S. Army, you know, uh, did a tour over in Korea, then I got stationed here at Fort Lewis, you know, and again, none of that stuff happens if I don't get a lacrosse stick, man, and who knows what could have happened. And yeah. luckily for me, man, I, I, at that time, I found a home in the Army, man, because I lost both my parents to AIDS, brother, teenage Damn. seven, you know, a, a month apart, you know. And yeah. I haven't really gone really public with that, you know. But I feel like hopefully if somebody hears that and hears I didn't give up, maybe they won't give up, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so, I'm so uh, hard, uh, sorry to hear, hear um, about that. And uh, it really is a true testament to uh, your your willpower and, uh, and it just like, I mean, it's very inspiring to see how you've overcome that. And, I mean, you've really gone so far into helping youth and you know, even people that are, you know, older than you if you've done a great job. Wow. Well, I, you know, I was so young when it happened. And I, I look, even though it's the worst thing in the world, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, I was young, so I was easily distracted. You know, I was in the Army, and, you know, you put that uniform on, and young ladies like to see that, so I had a lot of things to distract me right when they passed. It wasn't until I had my son, and he had gotten in trouble, and I said something my dad said to me that the actual the mourning process started to happen, you know? So I'm in a lucky situation. I don't don't know know if you call it lucky, but, you know, I was able to absorb a lot of pain early because I just didn't know. You know, I didn't know how hurt I was supposed to be. And the Army keeps pretty busy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Now, so, I mean, how was it uh, going through the the Army? How was that whole – um, part of your life. I mean, this, that's got to also take its toll on you too, uh, mentally. I mean, and, and that, you know, unless it, unless it just uh, was the total opposite and, and maybe it just made you even stronger than that, I if you want to go into detail about that. I think it was a little of both, Donnie. I think it was a little of both. You know, the military, it was a constant challenge. You know, and had I been idle, had I not had anything to do and been on the streets back in New York, anything could have happened, you know. But uh, I was lucky in the fact that my drill sergeants, the officers who were in charge of me, they knew what was going on. You know, they didn't ease up on me a bit, which, you know, at the time I was like, man, these guys are tripping. But now I realize, thank you for not easing up because you gave me a chance to think about what was going on you know, in my personal life, man, it might have been terrible, you know. Yeah. And then getting here, to, getting here to Fort Lewis, and, you know, my parents died. Like, my mom died. My dad died in April, and my mom died actually on Mother's Day. But that's during lacrosse season. So my therapy was playing lacrosse. Yeah. You know, I never really got a chance to, 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 to mourn. Like I said, a lot of it had to do with the fact that, you know, I was – in the army and then right after I got off work with the military 
I ran over to the local college, University of Puget Sound, and I was playing lacrosse there. You know, so it, it, it took a lot of the weight off, brother. Again, it wasn't until I slowed down and had kids of my own that that whole situation came to, to an head in my life, you know? And that's, please, that's hey, such Johnny, an incredible, yeah. I was going to say, man, please story. understand I'm very, very nervous right now, man. <laughs> I'm sorry oh, if yeah. I'm doing some stumbling. <laughs> no, no, no no worries at all. You're doing fine. And, yeah, you're really doing a great job telling your story. And, I mean, I know that me personally and I'm sure all the listeners out there are very uh, impacted, you know, very positively from your story. And like wow. I said before, it's very inspiring. And I uh, know you're doing a great job on here. Um, if you want to talk, yeah, talk into some detail about, uh, you said, I think 2011 was the, uh, you were able to make a trip out to Uganda and work yes. with the youth out there. What was that yes. like? I mean, like, I know you talked about it a little bit, but I mean, that's, that must've been a great experience. You know, the entire experience feels a growth put on, put on a nice, uh, a nice trip for me over there, man. They took me out to what they call the hopeful school. And in that school, you know, they built it and they're trying to get books and stuff for the kids and everything. And it went from being like a thatched hut to an actual building now. So, it, I mean, they're doing great work over there. When I went to Uganda and they took me out to this school, the kids came out and they sang for me right there. And I was oh, wow. the only person there, man. It was incredible, brother. And, you know, the heart-touching part of it was these kids were orphans, you know. So, they, man, these kids are orphans just like me, you know. And they yeah. love lacrosse. They love lacrosse, brother. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, I saw a story in U.S. Uh, it might have been Lacrosse Magazine where a lady was really harping on a, a group in California who's uh, basically it's an all-black lacrosse team, if I remember correctly. Uh, something that uh, my man John is doing. But uh, she really okay. got on that because she was like, you know, uh, that doesn't promote diversity. But I had to go all the way to Africa to see an all-black lacrosse team, which it's yeah. not important. It wouldn't be important to her. But, man, for me to get more kids into this game, you got, you got to see yourself. You absolutely yeah. have to see yourself, man. So going over to Uganda, and I got a chance to really see myself and how much these young dudes love the game, how pumped they are to come here and play, man. So the second trip I took, I took my son with me. Yeah. You know, the first trip had such an impact, man. I, I, I took my son over, man. I was like, dude, you got to see this, <laughs> you know. And for yeah. him, man, it totally, totally had a, a – it had such an impact on him. I don't have the problems that you have with a teenager. You know, he's not trying to get out the house or sneaking to go drink and stuff like that. He's, he's like, I want to play lacrosse in college. So I yeah. knock out my homework and I work on my game. Because these kids over in Africa I saw, they want to play lacrosse, but they don't have a chance like I do. So it really impacted him, man. And the lady yeah. who wrote that, that question about an all-black team, she wouldn't understand that. Yeah. You know? And that's another thing about being able to uh, – that's another thing about playing lacrosse, man, and getting exposed 
to these type of situations, instead of them being becoming an angry situation, like why is she complaining about an all-black team, it's more of a, hey, this is important because situation, you know? And lacrosse yeah. does that, man. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, mean, I hope I didn't yeah. go off on too much of a tangent, brother. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm loving, you know, I, I love when my guests go into a lot of detail because, I mean, basically right. – each episode is all about that guest. So whoever my guest is, I want them to, you know, really feel like it's their episode. It's it's them telling their story. And, right. I mean, you've got one of those stories that, I mean, you could literally probably talk for hours and these listeners would be, <laughs> you know, on their, you know, tips of their, you know, toes listening to it. And, well, you know, fortunately, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but we only have, 30 minutes, but I mean, you definitely have a story that need, you know needs to be told, and and it's good to hear. And uh, you know, I definitely, you know, I'm really interested in you know what else you've been up to. I know you're. Uh, um, it's gonna be hard for me to pronounce this this name, but Puya. How do you say that? The Panther organization. How do you say the first part of it? Oh, oh, Puyala. Puyala. Okay. It's named okay. after an Indian tribe here in Washington State, Puyala. So. I've been, uh, it's funny, one of my uh, teammates from Tacoma Men's Lacrosse, we started Tacoma Men's in 93. Uh, we're in our 21st year now as a club, man. And uh, one of my teammates came to me and said, you know, you should help me coach. And I was already coaching, helping to coach another school, but he was like out in Puyallup. Now, with no idea about how Washington State works, man, it, you know, it seems like we're in a situation now in our country where everybody's starting to learn everybody. Early, like yeah. we're talking the 90s, man, Puyallup was not, um, how do we say this? It was not conducive to a lot of ethnic uh, uh, people. <laughs> yeah. But what yeah. happened was he, he tells me to come coach. It's a challenge. It's lacrosse. I go, you know. And I've been with them since 2006. And it has been the greatest experience of my life, brother. You know, I started off as offensive coordinator, and I really got frustrated because of the stick skills level of the kids, man. I mean, you know, they they were – bro, I come to the first practice. It's all white kids. I got four or five kids who were running four sub, four – Four, four, forty-yard dashes, brother. Thinking, Jeez. I just walked into a state championship. Yes, and yeah. then we pulled out the sticks. <laughs> and when we pulled out those sticks, brother, I saw how far away we were, you know, as far as skills-wise. So, yeah. you know, I went from I went from starting out with them and and working with the with the offense and being offense coordinator, and then I had to take over for two years and be the head coach. And now they have a new head coach, and my job is stick skills instructor for the entire organization. And basically I try to get the kids. I try to get them, love your stick, man. It's lacrosse, French, the stick. That starts first, you know. We're out here in football country. The the first thing the organization did was they went and got a conditioning coach. I feel you on the conditioning, but you can run up and down the field and can't catch. It's not helping you, you know. Yeah. So – Finally, they give me the position that I want, and I get to work with the kids on their stick skills. And I expanded it. I work with kids, and I also want to get parents involved. 
You know, some of the best times I've spent in lacrosse have been just throwing around with my son or throwing around with my daughter, man. So, you know, I want the, I want other parents to experience that, man, because it gets a lot of the pettiness out of it. Parents don't feel like yeah. they have any control over things. They start to look for little things to nitpick, you know, where I like to empower them. I like to tell them everything. I'm telling the kids so they can reinforce it at home, and that will help expand the community here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah that's I mean, kinda, that's definitely uh, – yeah, go ahead, yeah. I was just saying, that's kind of the, 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 the step up that the East Coast has. You know, when you have dad played, granddad played, you know, what stick skill lessons is that kid getting? You know, when you don't have that kind of tradition here, you got to create it somewhere. So it took me a long time to convince people, but they're convinced now. Yeah. And, yeah, I was just going to say that's a great point because, I mean, here in California, you know, there are a lot of parents uh, and kids that are very new to the sport. And, you know, I've coached youth lacrosse for about seven years now, and um, it is good to teach the parents about lacrosse and the rules and everything so that they can take it to their kids as well, you know, and know what they're talking about. And mostly I try to make my my parents – uh, uh, an officer, uh, a non-commissioned officer corps, like we had in the Army, you have your officers, then you have your sergeants. I try to turn my parents into sergeants. Anytime you see your kid going around and doing things uh, incorrectly, I want you to step in and on the spot correct them. Because, you know, ultimately, you are, you're holding your destiny in your hand when you have a lacrosse stick, you know. Yeah. And that could be that could take you to Harvard or wherever you want to go, man. It could totally change your life, you know. So in that, mom, dad, correct them, because coaches are not you. You can't fake a person who knows the game. You can't fake them out. You know, if they yeah. see improper stick skills, if they see you not doing anything, if they see bad technique, they call you on it. Why don't you call them on it at home, and then we create a great player together. Yeah. And uh, now what are your thoughts on getting kids to use their offhand more? Because a lot of kids, they uh, they feel like it's too hard or something, and they just, like, choose not to play with their left hand or their right hand. And colleges recruit, you know, people that could go yes. both hands. Yes. John, between your thumb and your pointer finger, right there, if you, like, hold your hold your finger out like a gun, where, where from the tip of your thumb, it starts to turn and go towards your pointer finger, right there, that little crease. Above that yeah. is called the phenar, the phenar muscle group. That is the muscle group that helps you manipulate your lacrosse stick correctly. I know that because I, I was teaching special ed kids how to catch and throw, and they kept asking me why, 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 why about everything. So I had to go find yeah. out why. Brother, if you take your lacrosse stick and just roll it in your hand, it, you can feel that muscle start to build. Yeah. I teach kids how to use both hands by starting them off and building that muscle up and then having them cradle, and then we build and we work on the muscle, and then we have them cradle, and it works. It, it works with my son, and it's working with his buddy, so that's where I try to keep it consistent, you know. And, yeah. and find them a little trick like that, though. Now you make them own it. You know, yeah, you don't want to use your left hand, Check out where this muscle is. Now, here's how you build it. Look what you just did, buddy. There's no excuse for you not to use your offhand. 
And actually, yeah. if you build that muscle up, you no longer have an offhand. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. And, and, if you, and all you have to do is show kids that these players that are in college, they don't have enough hand, which, you know, most of them, the attackmen and stuff, I mean, they, they can go both hands. And, right. I mean, in college, you, you look at the, the top level in college and even some of the lower levels in college, basically you won't hear too many people on defense yelling, you know, force him to his right or force him to his left. Right. A lot of people can go both hands. Right. And you don't want to hear that. That's one of the things I push to the kids. You want them guessing when you have the ball, what hands are you going to use? You know, because then yeah. it's, hard, it's harder to scout you. I also try to, you know, playing with Tacoma men's, I got a chance to go up to Canada a couple of times and play indoor. And, man, they just beat the hell out of us on that indoor <laughs> game, man. And I kind of, I can yeah. get my hands free. Uh, at that time, I could get my hands free. I'm a little older now. And I, I'm sitting on the bench. These kids are pounding us. I'm like, dude, how do you score on that armored goalie? And the kid said to me, you Americans like to do everything sidearm. Why don't you straighten your stick out and shoot from between your neck and your shoulders? That way you're always accurate. And lo and behold, man, I did that and scored. That's all I teach. <laughs> I want yeah. you to score, man. Let, let, this is where you release that ball from, just like those Canadian kids who are coming down getting scholarships, you know? <laughs> and uh, now I uh, got a little bit off topic, but uh, well, it's a little bit on topic. But with the World Games coming up in Denver, 2014, what are you uh, most looking forward to? Uh, you know, seeing from like the the, are you going to go down to Denver to watch it? Or are you going to? Oh you know, yeah, oh yeah, like I'll it? be there. Yeah. Uh, now oh, yeah. there's going to be the it's going to be the largest World Games for lacrosse there there's ever been. There's going to be over 38 different nations there, and wow. And then you got the the club tournaments too. That's going to be going down there in youth tournaments. So it's going to be pretty pretty big up there. Well, it looks uh, like I'm going to be coming over with a group called One Love Laxers from Washington, Washington State. So I'm going to get a chance. I'm playing in the old guys division because I'm old. <laughs> but uh, what I'm looking what I'm looking forward to is I have some friends in high school who live in Colorado. But I'm really looking forward to the Ugandan kids, man. I know a lot of, I know the whole team personally, and to know what they had to do, what Fields of Growth had to do to get them here, it's going to be awesome to see them on the field, you know? One thing I try to impress to them, though, is don't just come over to America and be happy you're standing in McDonald's. You know, if you come here and you do well, you come here and do well, it's easier for cats like me who are trying to sell the game to cats that look like me to be like, hey, look what these African kids did. You know, you can do the same thing. Yeah. And they have half of the resources that you have, even if you consider yourself poor. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, wow. Well, you know, this has been one, uh, one of the greatest interviews I've ever had on my show. <laughs> You've been a great guest. Uh, yeah. Very inspiring story. And um, I mean, just like keep doing uh, all the good work that you're doing, and uh, I'll be up in Denver watching as well. So um, you know, right. we'll definitely have to connect on Facebook and meet up when we're there. Uh, oh, you got any last words? Yeah, for any last words or anything you want to promote, anything you want to plug, any websites or anything? 
Uh, right now, uh, YouTube, Elite Shot Lacrosse Goal. Uh, one of the byproducts of going to Uganda is I saw that the kids needed a training tool, not just pamphlets or anything, a tool that forces them to do the right thing. The Elite Shot Lacrosse Goal is instead of being a 6x6 goal, it's actually uh, the prototype is 6 by ten and a half. So it forces you to shoot overhand. And I, oh, I wow. sent you a little video. I sent you, I, I don't know if you got a chance to check out the video, but I sent it to you of some of the kids that I work with, and, man, all of them are shooting overhand. Because, and it wasn't my, I, I yell at them, they ignore me. I put this goal in front of them, they have to do it. Well, I'm definitely going to share that video. I'll share it on the Entertainment Broadcast Network page, and uh, you know, I'll share it on oh, few wow. of my Thank other pages on Facebook. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, so uh, I'll definitely talk to you soon, and thank you for being on the show. Johnny, thank you, man. I appreciate it. You take it. You have a great day. See you in Denver, man. Yeah, man. See you in Denver. All right. Peace. All right, everybody. That was Larry Mackey, and uh, I just want to thank him for being on the show. And I want to thank all the listeners out there that are tuning in each week. And I just want to remind you all to grow your game. And remember to grow, you got to play. Happy lacrossing, everybody. Until next time.